Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the man. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hummer, and I'm here with the man with the plan, the face that runs the place. Eric or Clinton? <laughs> Doug's here. Oh! Yeah, uh, <laughs> I have about as much stroke as a teenage boy running his hand through his pants. Uh... And we got Hi. Eric's here. What's up? And uh, the replacement for Big Dick Johnson, if he ever falls ill, Clint is here. Well, so we have Big Cock Clint. Okay. <laughs> so how's everybody doing? It must be a compliment. <laughs> it is a compliment. Good. How are you, Cal? Not too bad. Doing pretty good. Nice end to a long week. We're here on another Friday to talk some wrestling. We're here to bring the people Royal Rumble 2008. It was a very crazy time in the business, just as right now. Now, we'll, we're going to skip Worker of the Week this week, unless someone was really impressed with something. But we will talk about the Vince McMahon stuff one last time and selling to Saudi Arabia and all that shit. Uh... I really don't have much to say about it anymore, uh, but I know this is a big topic of discussion, and it does need to be brought up by the number one wrestling show in the world, and if they forgot, we'll do it. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> I, I think Bischoff did bring it up. <laughs> so, apparently they're selling to Saudi Arabia. Vince is back now. Stephanie resigned. What else? Okay, so it's... Been debunked that the sale to Saudi Arabia has happened. Like, it's not official yet. There's still other uh, there's still other names in the hat. Disney's still up there. I think NBC Universal, which would make the most sense, is still in the running. The problem is, is that they didn't want Vince back, so that pretty much puts them out of the running. Uh the cons, you know, AEW apparently they're in the running. Uh, I, I think uh, you, Sharon, and I kind of threw our name in the hat, right? Yeah. Sharon, you you signed the check, right? Yes, you signed it in. All right. Uh, so you know we're in the, we're in the running. Uh, <laughs> it's about all the company's going to be worth if they do sell to Saudi Arabia. Uh, but uh, so, like, companies are still in the running. I'm pretty sure that he wants to sell it to Saudi Arabia just for the fact that they'll let him run the company if if uh, they're in charge. Yeah. Which is what he wants. Triple H yep. had a talent meeting earlier this afternoon because all the talents worried. They're like, we don't want this fucker back. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. I just read. I just read it. Came out about ten minutes ago. Uh, we don't want him back. He scares the shit out of us. He sucks at his job. What are you doing? Yeah. And Hunter pretty much told him, he's like, "Look, I'm still in charge of creative. Don't worry about it. I have all final say and all creative decisions. Company's not sold to Saudi Arabia. It could take a long time before that happens. Everything is fine." Well, yeah, but that's what he's got to say. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to go on? I think uh, if they sell the Saudi... I don't know what Saudi Arabia has planned for the WWE, if they do sell. Or if they just do shows down there. Or, or well, and, and that's the thing. is that, and, I, and here's another thing that a lot of people... Uh, like, that's been said, too. A lot of talent have told people that they're going to walk if... 
Saudi Arabia ends up buying the company. Well, yeah, because then you prove that, like, the women's revolution was just to get clicks and it wasn't because yeah. you actually cared about moving anything with women forward because, you know, you sell to yeah. people that don't give a shit about women. And not that they don't give a shit. They just see them in different roles. And I'm not going to talk about anybody's culture. Yeah, no, we don't need to talk about religion. No. I, of course, I'm the one saying this. Uh, but it is uh, – it's crazy. Yeah. Now – also, also too, like Stephanie McMahon. Obviously, she resigned as uh, chairwoman and, and co-CEO this week. She had ankle surgery today. Uh, you actually had an interesting theory the other day that you told me yeah. about her resigning. Yeah, I think that uh, it was the plan the whole time, especially because she released a statement and. The way she kind of worded her statement was like, because she took that leave of absence, right? Yeah. Right before. I feel like she was ready to go then, and she was already transitioning out of the company and already ready to get out of there. And then the whole thing with Vince went down, and Vince was like, you got to run this bitch for a little bit. And she's like, all right, I'll do what I got to do until you figure it out. I think this whole thing was planned the whole time. I think Vince was always going to come back. I think Triple H and Stephanie probably all always knew about it. I think it's her. I don't think he did. Well, I mean, you got to talk when you sleep at some point or, you know, stuff comes out in the sack. I'm sure he, he probably had a good heads up. Well, he was giving her heads up. Uh, but she, she definitely knew. There's no, I mean, I guess it's a conspiracy theory, but how did she, there's no way she didn't know. It just felt like, like she takes his leave of absence. And then shit goes down with Vince. Then she's like, all right, I got to step in and be the president. And now he's back and she's gone. They don't hate each other because it, it, the, the way that those moves look, it's like they're not close. They don't really like each other. But that's the opposite of their relationship. Even if she feels disrespected now with everything and feels let down and thinks she's a loser scumbag, at least she's going to stand by her father. Who doesn't? So I, I think this was all planned. I mean, and the way it looks right now is uh... – well, when I say this is all planned, I think her leaving and coming back was all planned. I don't think any allegations or anything was planned. Let me clarify that before you cut me off. Yeah. And the way it looks right now, there's only two people that are actually happy that he's back. Right? He's one of them, and Ric Flair is the other. Because Ric Flair said on his show, oh, he deserves to be back, uh, you know, uh, he deserves to be back. You know, it's his company. Uh, you know, he's earned it. You know, he should come back. And if people don't like it too bad, I mean, here's another here's another guy who has uh, long, you know, overstayed his welcome on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just too bad that when he had his health problems a few years ago, his doctor wasn't Doctor Hartman from Family Guy, uh, or else we wouldn't have this problem anymore. Uh, but like, I, I, and I understand like, yes, Vince McMahon, he's been in the business for as long as he has, but he's over the hill. But like, if Triple H is telling the truth, which I really don't think he is, I think that I do think the company's fucked. Yeah. Right. Because especially if they do sell to Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, one, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to be happy. I don't think a lot of them are going to walk. I do think the women are going to walk, and I think Sami Zayn and MVP are going to walk because they have to because if they go to Saudi Arabia, the religious beliefs will get them killed. Right? And unfortunately, I'm not making that up. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think the perfect company to buy this thing is... NBC Universal because they already have the network, but like I said, they can't. They, uh, Vince won't sell it to them because they were very uh, vocal in how happy they were that he was gone. Yeah. And uh, the last person Vince is going to sell to is somebody that was happy that he wasn't around, especially since he still wants to be around. But I don't know. Go ahead, Eric. I 
It's going to be an interesting uh, 2023 for WWE, and we might we may never find out until for a couple months who they sell it to. Cause it's going to take a while. They want the best deal. It's going to get the best. It's going to want the best deal, obviously. And he wants that whoever buys it, he wants to um, be part of it. Yeah, in and, some way, and also too. Also, he's got a shareholder suing him because of how he supposedly came back, uh, you know, holding the company hostage or whatever he did. And then the two board members that actually resigned that were not kicked off the board, but they resigned. Apparently, the report is, is that they resigned because they're like, we want nothing to do with this guy. So, uh you know, there's you know about ninety percent of the company is looking at him, looking at him like he's a fucking rash. Mm-hmm. But he's back, and they just have to de- they have to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Apparently, they're planning to sell. So, what yeah. do you what do you guys think? I think, I think it's all <laughs> Yeah. There's still probably a mystery owner, somebody out there that's going to come scoop in and um, buy it. Uh, I mean, I I keep hearing I mean, Disney is uh, Disney is trying to throw their name in. Maybe the, uh, Dixie Carter and her family will buy buy it. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, uh, who knows? Which is, you never know because they are they do have money. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think her parents are still alive though, Eric. Uh, okay. Because she she's in her sixties now. Oh yeah, that's right. And there's there's probably somebody that we're not even thinking about that to buy it. I mean, anybody no, can buy it. I mean, it is a profitable company in, in some, you know, retrospects. And the brand name, of course, is huge. So, I mean, I hope Tony Khan you doesn't think- buy it because I think he's doing a good enough job sinking his own business. Yeah. I don't know if he needs to sink another one. But uh, I know that drives you nuts. I, I think it sucks, yeah. I, I think they haven't had a complete thought in years, almost. I think there's no direction. I think they never stick to this plan. I think they're giving random fucking guys random shots. No one has, like, I don't see any real continuity between the television. I have a list of things I don't like about AEW. And mind you, Clint, if this isn't a Mark talking, the WWE fanboy, I loved AEW when it started. Fuck it. I was really oh, behind I think everybody I mean, I love it too. It's kind of I'm like I'm start, and this is one thing I I have to say I, I was feeling bad about. I feel like I'm watching like the '98, '99 of WCW right now, and it's really, really sad. It broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, and I like '98, '99 WCW, but to me, it's more like 2000 WCW. I right. just don't like. I mean, there's some good stuff. Sometimes they have some of the best wrestling matches in the world, and I will give them that. They have some great athletes that put on some great matches, and sometimes AEW matches are the best wrestling out there. But as far as a whole complete product with storylines and champions and what we're going to drive forward and what we're building to, they haven't impressed me in a very long time. Right. I, it's been a while. I don't watch really any current wrestling right now. Yeah. And I know you don't either. Not much. Uh, I, I will say this, uh, and Eric, pay attention so in 20 minutes you don't try to give us another idea. Uh, in two weeks on the show, we're each going to come up with a uh, a business pitch as if we're going to try to run, as if, you know, we're the ones buying WWE. Mm-hmm. So we're yeah. going to come up with a pitch as to how we would run the company. And that's gonna be that's gonna be two weeks from tonight. Sounds good. Yeah. Yep. Great right. idea. Thank you.
uh, hire all the dudes, hire all the Playboy playmates left, and build a mud pit. Uh, That'd be my plan. I'd probably hire it, uh, a couple of adults. I have, a, I have an out of box thought here. What do you think of the rock buying it? Oh, did buy rock. XL. No rock. <clears throat> Doesn't he have enough? He did buy the SFL. Yeah, but he's got so much on his plate already. Uh, I don't no. I'll actually definitively said say it unless he like put somebody else in charge. The Rock is incapable of running WWE at the moment. It takes too well, much I mean, dedication. He'll, he'll buy it, but he'll get Triple H to be in charge. He would have to. Like maybe he spends the money. He Lord, yeah. no, I mean, I don't even know if he has that much. That's a billion dollar company, guys. Yeah. Uh, like he, Rock's rich. Rock's rich, rich. Rock makes has a lot of fucking money in the bank account. But that's. It's a big company. I don't know. It might take other people, investors. Who knows? That's why they're selling it to, like, a country, right? Or am am I fucking... It's a rich country. Yeah. So... It was just an out-of-the-box thinking. No, you're not... I mean, like, I could see... But he wouldn't be able to run it. He wouldn't be able to, like, okay, I'm in the wrestling business now. This is my company, and I'm running it. And No way. He's got way too much on his fucking plate. He's, he's got a tequila yeah. business, an energy drink business. Out. He owns a football league. He's the fucking most working actor in Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, he did He did just fuck up D.C. Well, he uh, fucked up everybody's hopes and dreams. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't real. Yeah, I don't know. I'm already in bad mood. So yeah. <laughs> talking about that. Uh, uh, no, and somebody else had, had already said that, too. They're like, I bet Rock buys WWE and I... That was the last contact I had with that person because I didn't want to dignify it with a response because I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, <coughs> but, like, I, I I don't know. I don't know who's – I mean, we know – obviously, the front runner is Saudi Arabia. But, again, it depends on the best business pitch. Uh, I don't think Saudi Arabia is going to buy that. I think Saudi Arabia is a joke and won't. So you sell to Saudi Arabia, it's going to be like the it's the biggest insult to everything they built. Meaning, especially like remember the days of Hulk Hogan and how much American pride yeah. <laughs> Vince used to yeah. like. It used to be such like, but it's more about money now. Which yeah, and that's fair. They have a relationship with the Saudis money. and going global isn't a bad thing but i don't know i i i don't know and i still would rather them over tony khan right and if tony khan shows up on raw and pulls like a shane mcmahon it's like i own this now i'm never watching a single thing of wrestling ever again yeah so we're gonna have to turn this into a porn podcast yeah uh all right tony and then eric eric and all your friends are gonna be oh this is such an iconic moment no it's not the guy's a fucking idiot yeah uh here, here's oh, I'm not the thing. happy with Tony Khan right now. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm sorry, Eric. I don't, I don't give a shit what you say. Okay. Uh, the, the thing is, too, like, with Vince, and Vince has to be careful, too, because selling to Saudi Arabia, like, we've heard all this stuff about what they've done, you know, to people or whatever, obviously, you know, the, that journalist or whatever. So Vince has, it has to be in the back of Vince's head that, like, if he's going to be the one to run it, he can't fuck up because if Saudi Arabia is not happy with him, we'll never see him again. Yeah. And the problem is, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not I'm not. First of all, all right. First of all, you guys would get all over my ass if I said that. Yeah, but Clint did it in a classy way. You know what? That's true. <laughs> Uh, You're just like the motherfucker needs to die. <laughs> I am just putting it out there that that would not be a bad thing. I mean, he, he's getting up there, but I don't. I, I'll care when something happens. To me, this is all shot and Freud right now. Yeah, it's all just you know speculation, and there's not really much you can do with speculation. I mean, we could talk about it till the fucking moon goes blue, but what do you want to do? Yeah, well, I I think the product's been very good. If Triple H stays on board creativity creativity wise, I think they'll be okay. 
Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, All right, ready to get into Royal Rumble 2008? Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's get it. Let's do it. All right, we're in New York, New York at Madison Square Garden. We have 20,798 people in attendance. The buy rate is 575,000. This is obviously the Royal Rumble representing Raw, SmackDown, and I guess ECW is there a little bit. Uh yeah, Dreamer. Yeah, and the Rumble. They don't really have matches on the undercard, do they? No. Because, uh, like, you know, the year before it was, uh, you know, you could uh, win the Rumble and challenge for either the WWE, ECW, or uh, or uh, World, Heavyweight. World Heavyweight title. But, like, here it's just like the ECW champion was in the Rumble. So they didn't give a fuck. That's uh, even though, the, like, ECW is not. Well, didn't the ECW end like a, two months later afterwards anyway? No, they ended in 2010. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow, like, I mean, Joey Styles and Taz, they helped call the Rumble match. That's because they were the only, the only ECW representatives without the whole show, commentary-wise. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so this is a big show. Uh, Royal Rumble 2007, Undertaker wins and then goes out and beats Batista at WrestleMania, and he eliminates Sean in the final two. Now, we got a good good amount of things going in to this. Uh, we had quarterfinal matches to make it in and shit, uh, but we got a pretty good undercard. You, you were kind of shitting on the undercard and calling it a one-match show, but I actually disagree now that I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, we open up tonight. Jimmy Wang Yang and Shannon Moore, one of the most odd couple tag teams ever, and Deuce and Domino were the dark match. Yeah. But to open up the card, we have Ric Flair versus MVP. Ric Flair wins by submission. In the career threatening match, because the storyline at the time was. They're all career threatening matches for him at this point, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, but if yep. Flair were to lose, he would have to retire. Yeah. So. Uh, him and MVP. I was not really impressed with Flair's work at the time. Uh, and um, but like I, I did like MVP. So I mean, to me, it was an okay match. I mean, it was a good opener. Yeah, and, you know, guys, guys were doing the job for Flair. I liked the match. I thought it was a solid opener. Nothing too crazy. Yeah. It did its job for an opener. That it did. Yeah. It was a good match. I thought, uh, I thought, I mean, for older Ric Flair, I thought they did a, a fine job. And uh, MVP did all the stuff he was supposed to do, and I, I thought they had a good match. I uh, I liked MVP as like this young cocky guy ready to end the streak, and how it's such a big deal. And Ric Flair talking in front of the crowd is like an old head. I just I thought it all worked. And uh, I'm not entertaining enough. No, you are. Okay. Uh, and I just didn't like it, or I did like it. I I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't like this at the time that it was Ric Flair like he had to keep fighting to survive yeah. but I, I not in hindsight it's actually grown on me and I, I actually enjoy the concept and I think it's great yeah. that uh, I thought it was cool and I, I'm glad Sean was the one to do it and I will say the backstage thing that they did with Sean and uh, Batista and Triple H I thought that was kind of stupid I wasn't entertained by that at all. They were all, like, Sean was trying to do his jokey, like, funny thing, and I just didn't find it funny. And Anderson, or not Anderson, he was Kennedy at the time. Yeah. Like, he, it was pretty much just, that whole thing was kind of just to set up, you know, Flair and Kennedy at the next pay-per-view at at No Way Out. And then, uh, but then Sean, who was having issues with Kennedy at the time, Uh, 
intervened, and yeah, it just it, like it really did nothing at the time. Like, who the fuck wants to sit there and stare at at uh, at Flair in a towel? You know, besides Nathan Lane, and probably that's it. Uh, I mean, Flair's wife doesn't even want to look at him in just a towel. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> The match, it's the match with MVP was good, and I enjoyed it. Like I said, that backstage segment was kind of stupid to me, even though it was a bunch of legendary people together. Uh, Ric Flair and MVP, I thought they brought in the night pretty strong, and I'll give this match a six out of ten because they, I mean, they both did their shit. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Six. I give it a six and a half out of ten. Oh man! What about you, Clarence? Oh, well, I will tell you too. I did like the the, the match. I'm um, I did like the match, so it was it was a good style opener. But yeah, pick a number one through ten, Clarence. What are you going to give it? Ah, uh, I want to give it a. I'll give it a 10. Not 10. I'll give it a 5. I was about to say, is that fucking good? I don't know. <laughs> Clinton gives it a 10. <laughs> the opening match I, is the greatest I match of all time. All right. We really need to start taking giving breathalyzer tests before <laughs> we do this show. Uh, uh, woo! Woo! I, I mean, he just gets excited when he sees other men get grabbed by the crotch. It might remind me of you in the steam room. Well, yeah. It just makes me jealous. JBL. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Let's move on. JBL and Chris Jericho. This ends by DQ. It's kind of a bloody battle. Uh, And I feel like there was supposed to be a lot of heat behind this, and this was supposed to be taken seriously. It's like a big feud. I never gave a shit about this feud. I thought this was like peak Jericho is like a baby like, white meat baby face. I just didn't like him in this role. Yeah. Like, Jericho has had so many good incarnations. The whole save me shit, save you, like, I just, I thought it sucked. I didn't really like it. When he turned heel later in the year, it was amazing. But yeah, right because here, of what he did with Shawn Michaels, right? Well, yeah, in the talking slow and the suit, like, it just, he really put that character together and it worked. But here, I just thought he was, like, kind of a shell of what he used to be. Yeah, to me, it didn't make sense either. And the whole JBL coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of retirement and all that and coming back from commentary. It just, it, 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 this feud did nothing for me. Now the match was pretty good. Like you said, there was no heat. And when there's no heat, nobody's going to give a rat's ass. But when Jericho started to bleed, I think that's when everybody started to care. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll say it right now. I'm only giving the I'm only giving the match a five. Yeah, I'll give I it a six. Just for a bloodbath alone, I'll give it a six. <laughs> okay. What do you think of this one, Eric? Uh, I thought it was all right. When you got the uh, New York crowd that doesn't give a shit about it, then it takes it down. So I give it a five. Yeah, they MSG really cared about it. Right. Did I give it a rating? Not yet. I would no, give it a five. Not yet. <laughs> All right. We got the world championship on the line when Edge takes on Rey Mysterio. This match was actually really good. I, I and here's here's the funny thing to me. I don't like Vicky Guerrero. <coughs> uh. But she did her job, I think, at the time as being like that corrupt general manager. Yeah, she's an incredible heel. Yeah, incredible heel of, like, that would be, but like Edge, like you knew, you know, the whole relationship was just Edge using her for her power. Yes. You know, they kind of had the Kermit Miss Piggy thing going on. Except for, you know, you know, calling Edge Kermit the Frog is pretty much just telling Kermit the Frog to go fuck himself. Uh, no. 
when because Cena obviously wins the Rumble. Yeah. And he goes on. Now the match he that's not the triple threat with Orton and Triple H, is it? Yeah. Okay. So, but like the the whole Edge thing, and then you know Ray, because obviously this is going to build to either Undertaker or Batista getting the next title shot. Because they were the two guys that were really feuding with Edge at the time. Yeah. Yep. Ray was the number three babyface. Yeah. Okay. So, like, they had to, you know, do something. They had to stave off, you know, Undertaker and Batista for a while. Well, yeah, they had, to be honest, like, this worked perfectly, especially with all the guys that, like, fought for the titles because you had some, you still had a lot of big names on this undercard, but you had enough stars for the rumble. Yeah. You still had your Batistas and your triple H's and your Orton's and obviously Cena shows up and Taker and Michaels. So you, you had enough star power to where you can, you can afford to put Ray in the world title match and no one really know thinks he's going to win, but it, it was like, Ray's a big name. He's a former world champion. He can like, you can throw Ray in a main event of anything at this time and no one's mad. Right. And he also had history with Vicky yeah. He's a former partner of Edge, I think, at the time. So it made sense. I forgot they teamed. Uh, it made sense. And then, like, the whole deal. See, uh, one thing that I never really understood was the fact that, like, you know, Vicky was kind of put in place as, like, the replacement general manager when Teddy Long had the heart attack. Yes. And then he came back, but then Vicky was able to keep the job. Anyway. How does that make sense? Especially when you know that she's stuck in the sausage of one of the, you know, <laughs> one of the main guys. It's just like that's a conflict of interest. Fucking get rid of her. She must have done that of a job. Yeah, it's uh, but like she was a really good heel. Uh, I'm sure Eddie's proud of her. Uh, but like, yeah, no, the whole, but this match was was really good. Uh, I'm personally going to give it an eight. Because, you know, they did the job, the thing at the end with Vicky, uh, you know, jumping out of her wheelchair, stopping the referee from counting three. Edge is a really good heel, but no, I'm giving it an eight. Give it seven. She she that, that's that, that's just for nice she took from Ray Mysterio is kind of nice too. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you. With you. Eric, do you got big thoughts on this? I thought it was a good match. I thought probably one of the best matches on the card as far as the undercard. I give it seven and a half. All right. Yeah, I thought it worked. I it probably was the best match on the. Well, I, no, I liked Orton and Hardy. But uh, I, I really... Yeah, I that's the one I like better, too. Both guys work their asses off. The only thing about Ray in this era is... and Actually, in any era. And the only problem with Ray is when you have him in, like, a big title fighter and a big program and you know he's going to lose, it sucks because you can't give him those big moments on TV because you, you kind of have to build up the program by whoever he's going against beating the shit out of him. Because that was the whole build-up yep. to this thing, is Edge just fucking him up, and then Edge wins the match. Yeah. It's like, it, it kind of sucks if you're a Ray fan, because it's like, oh, he's just getting his ass kicked on SmackDown. Oh, we're at the pay-per-view, he's finally going to get his moment. No, he still loses. Yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, he had the moment where he pinned Edge to get the title shot. But yeah, that's true. That was that was it. Well, like, He took like three weeks of beatings after. Yeah, and then... He loses. So, like, I mean, it was a good match. Ray did did his part very well. The Edge and Vicky thing, it's like it was so predictable, so it wasn't really my favorite storyline, but it was entertaining enough. Uh, and like, it really proves Edge is the ultimate opportunist. And yeah, and, and that's the thing is that he really lived up to that gimmick. Yeah, and that's the one thing you can say WWE booked pretty consistently was him being an ultimate opportunist. Yeah, because every opportunity he had, he made sure. I mean, money in the bank was perfect for him. Nobody agrees? I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Eric, you picked this thing, so you could pretty much, you know, 
you know, talk. Interrupt. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it would have been nice if uh, Ray won in MSC. It would have been a great moment. But I understand why he didn't. Yeah. All right. Because he baby face one. That's true. Yeah. Well, so Rick, it would have been great was... if one of them won. Yeah. I mean, Flair technically was a baby. Oh, I mean, to, you know. We're talking about the champion. Yeah, no, not in life. Nah, he is a I like Rick Flair. <laughs> I know you don't like him. I think, I mean, he's definitely stayed way, way past his prime. The fact that he's still, like, doing interviews and hanging out, and it's like, just retire and vibe out, bro. But uh, it's smoke weed with Tyson. Jesus Christ. I mean, you have the company. He does have his own pot strip. Yeah. Ric Flair drip go woo on a bitch. All right, Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy. Uh, I thought this was well. I mean, Randy was just getting into like when he was the best, like becoming the best ever. I, I, more kind of picks up in two thousand nine and stuff. But Jeff Hardy was like white hot. It was like you know he just had come back a, a little bit prior, and uh, he's ready to do. You know, he's ready to, like, hop in the main event scene. And this is Jeff and Randy both, like, kind of at the prime. And Randy's, like, he's starting to get his shit with the voices and everything. Not quite yet, but it's it's getting there. And he's turning into this ruthless killer type guy, you know? So Yeah, doing the punts in the head and all that. He was – his matches were starting to get really good. And Jeff, he was, like you said, picking up a lot of steam. Now, a lot of that would be derailed later on towards WrestleMania because he would get busted again. Yeah, well, that's uh, just the story of his career. And then, you know, <laughs> and then he really had issues, uh, you know, when the towels burned down and all that. Yes. Uh, I mean, he was supposed to win money in the bank that year, for Christ's sake. But, like, these two guys... I feel like that these two guys are so similar in the fact that, like, both uh, – because Randy can be a partier, too. Like, they both could be, like, their own worst enemy sometimes. Yeah. I mean, Randy has gotten better because Randy's gotten older. Okay. And he just, so he, just, yeah. he has matured with age. Jeff Hardy That's has. That's what I'm going to say, yeah. Jeff Hardy's older than than Randy. Oh wow, I yeah. didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, by like three years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because Jeff Hardy came into business earlier. Yeah, but yeah. Jeff Hardy's not there yet in like maturity. Well, and by the way, either is Randy. Randy's doing crack in the van. You know, <laughs> Randy's not there yet either. Okay, Randy's still. Because if I'm not mistaken, this is around the period that he was pretty bad. Unless he was just getting better. I'm talking about I'm talking about like now. Oh yeah. Well, Rand, Jeff, as sad as it is, as sad as it is, Jeff just never really overcame those demons. He's a party boy by like he's a rock star, and he just lives up to that. You know, that's how those fucking guys are. You know, he's artistic. He's handsome. He's but he's this rock star vibe, and that's just how he. And he's just like he does bad shit, and he. Like, so, are, so are you, but you've gotten over all your demons. Yeah, well... I mean, I mean, all your demons are the three guys on the show, but... Yeah, well, he's more sex, drugs, rock and roll, and I'm more, you know, masturbate, jazz, and a nice tea, so... <laughs> I uh, I do like... I mean, Jeff Hardy's and always lasagna. been... The, but, like, that's how, that's how you see Jeff, because that's who Jeff is. He's the fucking rock star that flies yeah. off shit. Yeah, and he he lives fast. It's just how he is. Like it's it sucks for like he the companies that invested in time. him. And, but we've also gotten great moments because of that carefree attitude and how he is. And like you got to yeah. take Jeff for what he is. And he, he's not this scholar, you know, clean like straight nose guy. He never he never probably will be. But he's Jeff Hardy, and he is a fucking legend. So you got to give him his due. Just like and Randy, you yeah. know, Randy got over his demons. And, and Randy, because Randy had some big demons, and he he got over. Yeah, that. he did. Yeah. And what's funny is that late because Randy matured with the women in his life that he had met. Yeah. Like his first wife Samantha, like she, I mean, it was such a project for her that like even though she pretty much had him like three quarters of the way there, she said fuck it and 
yeah. left. But then, you know, his current wife, Kim, I mean, she's done, you know, a hell of a job, uh, you know, keeping him on that right path. And, you know, they have children together uh, as well as in previous marriages. But, like, it's also to, again, it's the people that Randy has associated him with to where, like, Jeff, I think, is just, like, he hasn't associated himself with the right people. Maybe. And yes, I'm talking about his brother because his brother, being the older brother, mm-hmm. like Matt should have been like, dude, you're fucking up. Stop. He's also a grown ass man, though. You can't blame everybody else for his actions. He like, I don't know that whatever is with Jeff is with Jeff. I don't really I can't really give him exactly. like advice because it's not my place or I can't say that, you right. know, because I don't know who was around. We don't know who was around him. He could have had great people around him, and he just didn't want to change, you know? So, because you only, nowadays, everything's... Some people just don't change. pretty much know the truth. But back then, still, there was a little mystery in life, for God's sakes. So, you know, I just, you feel bad for Jeff, but Jeff also did have a great career with everything, too. Yeah. So, and obviously, Randy... And he was white hot here. But he was white hot here, but, and the finish was amazing, because it really started that RKO out of nowhere trend. And uh, maybe it didn't mm-hmm. start it, but it, it definitely is that when you watch it. And the twist of fate into the RKO and how dangerous he was and, like, Jeff doing his high fly and stuff. Like, they, they just had a good combination of styles. Yeah, and the fact that this went 14 minutes for two guys that are, like, Randy Orton, everybody always says he's, like, the one-trick pony or whatever. Yeah, and they do. But, like, and Jeff, you know, always going for the swanton and all. But they were able to take 14 minutes and turning and turn it into a really good match. Yeah. Uh, I love, I loved it. So like when I said earlier that this was a one match, show, obviously I lied. Yes. Uh, I mean, barely ever happens, but, uh, I first offer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, to me, this was, I, I mean, I think this match was an eight and a half. Yeah, I give it an eight and a half, too. I'll give it a nine. Just because both guys that are RKO out of nowhere was fantastic. Yeah. It, and it's just, it's a thing where you can tell that both guys are really hungry. You can tell that Randy wants his title reign to mean something because the last one sucked. You can tell that Jeff's coming off a. Of, you know, being gone, and he wants to prove himself. And it's just when when yeah. those guys have chips on their shoulders, it comes through. Yes. All right, Royal Rumble time. Yeah. Uh, should we mention at all the segment earlier on where Ashley asked Maria if she wanted to be in Playboy? I guess we can because the, the crowd starts chanting, let's go Giants at some point. Yeah, that, that was funny. And that was funny. And for There's a lot a of people that for a lot of people that don't know, this was actually around <laughs> the time of that gi- that first Giant Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah, which I had actually forgotten yep. about, but then I realized 2007 season, so the Super Bowl happened in 2008. Yeah, uh, and it was it was funny. That's why when like Santino was talking shit, and he was like, they sound like fashion designers, like, and he's like Plexico. It's like Plexico Burris. I forgot about Plexico Burris. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but no, I mean it was it was an okay segment. I mean to be honest with you, like the kiss cam thing to me was just a bunch of stupid bullshit. Yeah, I mean it, it gave an excuse to put some hot girls on TV. Yeah, uh, Santino wasn't there yet, talking wise. His heel run kind of sucked. He didn't until he started really leaning into the comedy stuff and the Cobra shit. He was kind of hard to stand. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Go up a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, we're getting ready to talk about the Royal Rumble. Go up to the Royal Rumble qualifying matches because they did a lot of these uh, at the time. And it wasn't even just, uh, it wasn't even just like on Raw. They did it at house shows yeah, to make the house shows feel special. Like you had a MAGA uh, qualify to get in. He beat Jim Duggan. Snitsky beat this guy who you know, might have a future by the name of Drew McIntyre. Yeah. 
By the way, yes, Drew McIntyre was in the company in 2008. That's crazy. Uh, you know who his first tag team partner was? Oh. Dave Taylor. They did a short run as a tag team on SmackDown in 2007, and then uh, Taylor got released. Uh, Hardcore Holly beat Trevor Murdoch. Uh, John Morrison and Miz beat Jimmy Wang Yang and Shannon Moore. I would have liked to have rather seen Jimmy Wang Yang <laughs> and Shannon Moore in. I like Shannon Moore's punk rock shit. I, I did too. Uh, Hornswoggle and Mick Foley beat the Highlanders. Uh, Jamie Noble defeated Chuck Palumbo, which was still in the Rumble. Yeah. CM Punk beat Chavo Guerrero, who was still in the Rumble. Yeah. Triple H beat Snitsky, Mark Henry, and William Regal. I don't think William Regal was in. No, William Regal was the general manager. And Cody Rhodes beat William Regal to get in. And William Regal's the general manager. So Uh, it's a bunch of fucky wrestling bullshit. Pretty much. Carlito and Young Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Carlito and Santino Morella beat D.H. Smith, who, by the way, goes by Davey Boy Smith Jr. now, yes. and Super Crazy in a tag match to get in. Shawn Michaels over Trevor Murdoch. So, like, they really tried to make this stuff, like, again, it, it was a way to make the house shows feel special. Yeah. I mean, having guys lose but still end up in the Rumble probably is stupid, but that's yeah. okay. Well, also, too, I mean, you had... It's not like they can just call, you know, uh, you know, uh, like 10, 15 guys off the legends because, you know, in 2008, everybody was still alive. But uh, like they couldn't just call like Greg Valentine and Honky Tonk and Nightheart and be like, hey, you guys want to come in Yeah, for payday? Uh, now, if this were WCW's World War Three, you know, sixty man three ring battle royal, then yeah, they would do that. Yeah, but uh, I don't know the way Piper looked like he was fresh off a buffet. Yeah, uh, this Rumble had some big names in it though, like Shawn Michaels, Taker, and also had some young guys like Morrison at the time and Cody, The Miz, the people yeah. that have yet to come in their own yet, even Punk at the time. It also had like Kane yeah. and. You know, Taker, and obviously the big reveal of Cena coming out. And, you know, Mick Foley being in there was awesome. And, of course, Snook and Piper. Yeah. Kennedy, who was supposed to be at the time. Yes, Kennedy was a very big deal. So this is one of the more stacked rumbles. There's a couple of, you know, tomato cans in there. But, like, every, everyone in this match did something, you know. Even Elijah Burke had a run. It's so yeah. <laughs> Pope was pretty good at getting I forgot about Elijah Burke. Yeah. I used to like Pope. Delangelo. He he was good uh when he first got the TNA. I really liked the program he did with uh, the suicide character. Yes. So but this match had so it had everything that's good about a Royal Rumble. You had two really good starters. Because you had Undertaker and Sean start it, which was the final two of the last year. And that really worked. And those two kind of going at it and beating the hell out of each other. And, uh, you know, and it kind of built up. It was like they were building before they were building to Sean and H. To Sean yeah. And yeah. Because, like, him eliminating him and then fucking, who got him? Kennedy? Yeah. And then Kennedy got him yeah. real quick, and they had a, a scuffle earlier, so that makes sense. And then he looks up, and Taker's right there, and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. That was and then a- Taker just took his frustrations out on Snipsky. Which I think everybody. Did it was time. like a two-year build. Yeah, exactly. The way that um, the Rumble ended in '07, and then and then they're back at two years later, and then yeah. three years later. So it was really like a two-year build. It really was. And Sean was Sean was good here. He provided a lot of the good bumps and wrestling moves. Uh, a lot of the get like Batista had a pretty good run. In the Rumble. To me, this is one of the more underrated Rumbles. I always forget about this one. And it is a good Rumble. I enjoyed yeah. it. I And that's the thing is that, like, this is probably one of the more underrated yeah. Rumbles. Like, you, ha- you have your, uh, you know, your greatest of all time. Yeah. Which, I, you know, your favorite's going to be 2001, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Either 2001 or 2007. Or 04. Okay. So, 01, 07, 04, 
I'm always going to say 92. Yeah, well, I think 01, 92, like those are the wildly known ones. Yeah. As probably one of the best. But, like, you have your other ones. This was probably one of the last really good ones, except for maybe the one the next year where Orton won. Yeah, I mean, there's been good rumbles in the modern era. Let's not go too far. I mean, well, no, there have been some, because Royal Rumble's always been my favorite event. Yeah, so I wouldn't say this is the last, the last good one was in 2008. I'm say, Well, what I mean is that a lot of people might say that. Okay. I'm not saying it because I think, uh, I thought the 2021, uh, both men's and women's Rumbles were really good. Yeah. Uh, Bianca <laughs> and Edge winning. Yeah. Because it, it was something they both needed. Yeah. So I thought those were done really well. I thought the uh, 2019 men's and women's rumbles were both really good, especially when Becky came out at the end, pretty much stole on a spot and then won the damn thing. Yes. Uh, 2018 was really good. And then, uh, so, like, I do think, and I am kind of looking forward to uh, to this year just because I want to see, like, what, like who exactly, because no rumors have started as to who's getting pushed yet. Yeah, it was supposed to be Cody, and I heard that was scrapped already. Yeah, which sucks. No, I think he's going to win the Rumble. Uh, I have Cody. I think they're doing that too. I'm surprised. I mean, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, I, I kind of like wrong? it when, when no rumors start. Because, like, every year, like, back 20 years ago, there was always that one person that you felt like was going to win. And then, like, it, it, it had to be that guy. Uh, yeah, I don't get that feeling this year. Maybe he's just wrong. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, no, like, this one, uh, like, but, no, this rumble uh, was really good. I, I tell you, like, at the time, I was actually a, a fan of Chuck Palumbo. Yeah. It was funny when Taker was beating the shit out of him. It's like Taker did the gimmick better, and he's beating the fuck out of you. Yeah, I mean, and, and and also too because like technically, like they ran the storyline on SmackDown a couple of days earlier where Chuck Palumbo snapped and Michelle McCool got hurt, uh, and you know Jamie Noble as well. I mean, but that's you know when you hurt Michelle McTaker, uh. You know, you're going to get the shit beat out of you by, you know, Mr. Taker. <laughs> Mr. Take. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then, but I'll say this. When Piper and Snooka came out, you know, Snooka comes out and then Piper comes out and Jerry Lawler's just like, I'm having flashbacks. And JR's going nuts. By the way, Piper, until Cena came out, Piper got the biggest reaction of the night. Yeah. Yep. Which was crazy to me with how over a lot of these other guys were. Yeah. And it was Piper that, like, because Piper's ovation blew Batista's out of the water, blew Sean's out of the water. Cena got a pretty loud reaction. Well, that's why. Well, that's why I said until Cena came out. Yeah. Because when Cena came out, everybody just went and, fucking. You nuts. know, like Punk. Punk got a loud reaction. It's like he always did back then. He really wasn't probably the first internet darling. Yeah. Where, like, the fans really fucking liked him. I really, to be honest with you, in 2008, I was such a huge punk guy. Yeah. Uh, But that's before I knew he was another piece of shit. Uh, But he, yeah, to me, he was... I, like, I wanted him to – I knew he wasn't going to unless they were going to do something like if he won, he was going to go for the ECW title. I felt bad. He should have been able to eliminate Chavo, though. I don't know why Chavo had to eliminate him. I, <coughs> I don't know why Chavo had yeah. to do a lot of things. Fucking Chavo. I don't know why he went to ECW champion in the first place. He didn't – I mean, they had a pretty good feud, but – yeah, he was such a good ECW champion that Kane got to beat him for the title in eight seconds at WrestleMania. I forgot about that. Wow, yeah. Yeah. 
How long did Kane hold the title for? Just two months. Okay. What about Cody Rhodes and Hardcore Holly as a tag team? Around this yeah, time? Yeah, that was before Cody turned heel and joined uh, Legacy, right? Yeah. That was before uh, Legacy was formed. Yeah, I mean, but like them as a team, which is this? Cody Rhodes and Bob Holly. Or hardcore Holly. I mean, it was such a fucking odd couple, but it, yeah. it did. It worked, and it was like this it older. Worked grizzled guy and this young kid. You know, he's taking Dusty's kid under his wing. And it's like, it, it did work. And, but it also was a perfect transition when he turned heel and went with Teddy. And from people shit on Legacy yeah. way too much for how good it actually was. They were very green. I love Legacy. Very green. They were very green, but they were still really good and had some great... Ma- like, that, that, them and DX in the cage is a fucking masterpiece. Right. Him and Ted worked well together, especially with Randy, too. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, it's funny because, like, a couple of years ago, a couple of years beforehand in the in the 2005 Rumble, Hardcore Holly comes out and Jim Ross says, Hardcore Holly doesn't like anybody, but he hates rookies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, and he's teaming with a rookie here. Yeah. Well, did he get that reputation for beating some kid up? Yeah, he beat up uh, Matt Capitelli off of, uh, what, was Tough Enough 3? Because yeah. Capitelli, he won the uh, same season of Tough Enough that uh, Morrison did. Yeah. It, but, like, everybody's looking at Bob Holly as a real big piece of shit now because Matt Capitelli ended up with, like, brain cancer and all that. Yeah. And, uh, it, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it since passed away. But Bob Holly still defends what he did. To the, kid, to the kid on the show because he's like, oh, I was told to do that and it was planned. And it's just like the kid has brain cancer. You're not gonna, you're not gonna, you're still not gonna apologize to him. Yeah. Now there was some good spots in here. Uh, I thought Omaga was a pretty good like big man at the time. And the stuff at the end, like how Cena, came, Cena's reaction was great. The way he came out. Uh, it was awesome. Yep. No one expected it. It's one of the yeah, last It was an actual surprise, so... Yeah, nobody saw that coming. Eric, get into the Royal Rumble. What were your thoughts? What were your favorite parts of it? Uh, obviously, I loved the Cena part. I mean, that crowd went nuts. Um, JR's reaction was just... JR and uh, his reaction was fantastic. He called it great. So where just re- reaction, like, why are you take, trying to take my spotlight? He's, he's like, it was just great. It just set up everything, done, and I'm glad that it was just a natural surprise. And then the uh, legends of writing, Piper and um, Nuka, that was that was a good moment. And then uh, obviously Taker and Sean in the beginning. Yeah, I liked it. Uh... It's definitely in my top ten, top five, top ten rumble favorite rumbles. Dan, where would you put this in yours? Uh, it's hard because, and this is also the rumble where there's a DQ. Because, oh my! Yeah, that was the only bad part about this whole thing. Because Finley got kicked out for hitting people with the shillelagh, which is kind of ridiculous, but. Yeah, when did that start happening? What was never become a rule? Oh. Yeah, it was never been a rule. If it was a rule, then the whole entirety of the 2001 Royal Rumble would have got ejected. Because that was just a hardcore Royal yeah. Rumble. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I think it's because it came out early. To rate Finley, to make Finley hmm. look like he cares about Hornswoggle. Well, like, why not yeah. just have him? Like, were they running out of time? Maybe. Was it out of time? Because Finley wasn't hurt. It was a stupid decision. I think, I think, because Finley came out early before he was supposed, was he even supposed to be in Rumble? Yeah, he was actually, the number that they kept touting was the best number to have in the Rumble. He was 27? Yeah. So, and I hate yeah, it when, I think like, he came when, out when they tout that number as like the best number to have in the Rumble. And then, like, they waste it. 
to somebody that like, well, Finley doesn't suck, but like it, I kind of look at this as a waste because he just went in, hit somebody, and then left. Yeah. But like, yeah. remember, I think it was 2017 where when Enzo had yeah number 27, and then like Corey Graves was going nuts. He's it's like the greatest number to have in the Royal Rumble, and you give it to this jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and then Enzo pretty much got butt raped by Brock Lesnar anyway. Yeah. When was the last time? my top ten. There's so many good ones. Like I, I like the year before better than this. I like 2007 a lot. Yeah. I like, uh, like I said, 2009 a lot. I like, like this was a good one. It's just this one always kind of falls into the cracks for me. So I'm glad we rewatched it. I would honestly give this Rumble an eight out of ten. I would probably give it an eight out of eight and a half. To me, I, I would actually say. And this is like being way too specific, but I would rank this as like my number thirteenth favorite. <laughs> That's pretty good out of how many. Jesus Christ, gone. we're I give an eight. Thirty-five. Yeah. Well, I mean, this will be like the thirty-sixth annual, and they've done like over forty because they've added the women's. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, I really yeah, like no. this rumble. I give it eight eight and a half out of ten too. It's definitely in my top ten. Yeah, if I would say I would definitely give it a seven out of ten for me. Yeah, Clemens, where does this rank on your all-time favorite rumbles? It's not up there. Because I'll put it this way, 2008 wasn't re- really, like, it was kind of like an up-and-down year. Like, the only thing, if you, when you look at 2008 going to 2007, and the and rivalries they had really wasn't that interesting to say, oh, my God, WrestleMania's coming up. Who, who do I want to see the title match? But knowing, well, when you see Cena come back, he had big ovations, Two months earlier than expecting, he was supposed to miss what nine months. He was only out for four. Yeah. Yep. Why they call him Super Super Cena? <laughs> and how he just kept pointing on, uh, at that point um, tricep, doing all those eliminations like crazy, acting like it was all he was okay or whatnot. And don't get me wrong, 2008 was merely, I look at it as a year of Cena versus Orton when it comes to the title fuse. And you add Triple H in there as well. Three of them, they were your main champions throughout the whole whole year. And another thing, I don't think that year as much as a lot of people did. Yeah, like when you look at Cena as. the um, you know, coming back at, from the torn pack after four months. Remember, he had neck surgery later on in the year, and he was gone for three. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Like, and that was he later. did not that like taking. I mean, now he's okay with taking time off. Well, yeah, he doesn't wrestle anymore. He's an actor now. Yeah. But at the time, this was all he cared about. Yeah. Now he's kind of done. I mean, now he's gearing up for one of his biggest roles, and that's the, you know, the uh, Jim Varney, Ernest P. World life story. He does look a lot like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, do we have final thoughts on the show? Did everybody rate the match or what? I'm yeah. ready to go now. Yeah. I'm ready it was, to go. It was a good, it was a good <laughs> I was ready to. Yeah, when it's just like SmackDown starts in 25 minutes, <laughs> motherfuckers. All right. So my final thoughts on the on the Royal Rumble event itself. I thought this was a really decent and underrated card. I thought it's one of the better Royal Rumbles in history. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And Cena's return is an iconic moment that you still hear about. So this is worth a watch for anybody. I give the whole show a 7 out of 10. Yep. I agree with Doug and I give it 8.5. I, enjoy, I really enjoyed it, especially the end. Cena's uh, return. It still gives me... It's still, I still get goosebumps with that because of the crowd. All right. Quinnis, final thoughts? All right. I, w- I want to say 
it's not up there because I think the mid card matches wasn't too too much like there for me. The Rumble match, yes, it was great. The Rumble match, great. Everything else, the title title match wise, it's just like a eh, you're there, you're there type of thing. So I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. All right. I think that this is one of the more underrated Rumble matches, and it was made great by Cena's return. Yes. I'm giving the overall pay-per-view because of the back half, you know, the world title, WWE title, and this. I'm giving it a – I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. Hell yeah. Uh, so that was the Royal Rumble 2008 pay-per-view retrospective on 35th. Yes. As of, make sure to check out the wrestling outlet Wednesdays and Saturdays for the Hollywood hangout. Make sure to check out elite Diplodoc, our buddy Sean on YouTube and, uh, Twitch. Make sure to check us out six thirties, uh, six thirties Fridays at six 30 for the unscripted wrestling podcast. Hopefully you're here with us tonight. And uh, hopefully you join us for uh, next week for War Drums. January 19th, 1998. The Raw is Tyson Austin. So that's going to be fantastic. Yes. Uh, make sure to check out the, the Stab cast on uh, Sundays at 3 p.m. usually. This week we'll be doing the new movie, The Menu based on my lovely aunt's recommendation, and it was a very good watch, so I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, make sure to check out Unscripted Unlimited. Tomorrow, Doug and Eric will be talking. Uh, remember the Titans? Yes. And make sure to check out me and Bobby on Big the movie. web cave. Uh, at some point, we're, we're I think we're a week behind. We're going to be doing the Green Arrow episode soon. So, yeah. All right, everybody. All right. Uh, Adios, guys. All right. Yeah, we're good. Have a fantastic Let's, night. Well, all right. I mean, not each other. Have a good weekend, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'll see all you tomorrow, Doug. All right. See ya. Mayor, yeah. Mayor Daniel. Mayor Daniel.